Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. How Air Pollution Shows Disparities Between Communities. A new study published by the National Academy of Sciences of the USA examines the distribution of nitrogen dioxide, an air pollutant related to traffic, and the change in pollution levels in the U.S. as a consequence of COVID-19 lockdowns. The major sources of pollution, such as roadways and industrial facilities, are often located within or near low-income urban neighborhoods, primarily inhabited by minorities, and therefore, these communities face the most pollution in their atmosphere. The study published by the National Academy of Sciences states that its aim is to understand inequities in the distribution of nitrogen dioxide pollution for different racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic subgroups in the United States, utilizing the changes in pollution levels as a result of lockdowns to explore this. Lockdowns led to a sharp decrease in nitrogen dioxide pollution and decreased the most in lower-income marginalized communities. However, these neighborhoods still experienced about 1.5 times the nitrogen dioxide pollutions of non-marginalized communities, and even with significant reductions in pollution, nitrogen dioxide levels did not decrease to the levels experienced by non-marginalized communities before lockdowns in Chicago and New York. In New York, the most significant drops in pollution were concentrated in Harlem and the South Bronx, which are surrounded by major highways and industrial facilities where there is disproportionate exposure to air pollution. Air pollution predominantly affects people within these communities, and exposure to nitrogen dioxide has been linked to lung or airway irritation, with long-term exposure potentially leading to asthma and greater susceptibility to respiratory infections. Recent research published in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology has explored the effects of air pollution on COVID-19 and whether it affects its severity among racial and ethnic minorities in urban areas. The CDC's list of risk factors for severe COVID-19 overlap with conditions worsened by chronic exposure to air pollution, including diabetes, heart disease, and chronic respiratory diseases like asthma and lung cancer. The research finds that the densely populated areas with a history of socioeconomic disparities, such as the Bronx and Detroit, faced both higher levels of pollution and COVID-19 mortalities than other areas, such as the Bronx neighboring Manhattan. Additionally, a study from Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health used data from over 3,000 U.S. counties and found that with every slight increase in air particulate matter, COVID mortality rates increased by 15%. Further research will inform us as to how lower-income communities and minorities 
face a disproportionate burden of air pollution-related illness and how these conditions exacerbate the consequences of a COVID-19 infection. Local news outlets spread misinformation. In March, local news sites in Phoenix and Atlanta both posted an article about COVID vaccines from a man listed on the Center for Countering Digital Hate's Disinformation Dozen for spreading dangerous misinformation about COVID-19. According to the New York Times, local news and smaller publications have attracted less attention than social media platforms like Facebook for spreading disinformation but can be equally effective platforms for inaccurate messaging. In fact, a Knight Gallup study found that 45% of Americans trust local news organizations, while only 31% said they trusted national news organizations. Of course, many local news publications in the U.S. have done great reporting throughout the pandemic. According to the New York Times, a major publisher, Gannett, which has over a thousand local publications throughout the U.S., has placed lots of value in fact-checking and accuracy overspread during the pandemic. But the industry at large has been hit hard by decreasing ad revenue and budget cuts, spreading staff thin. This leaves room for misinformation to spread as oversight lessons and many papers lack the resources to publish original journalism and must repurpose other material. According to the Times, this is especially dangerous because local news is often a starting point for claims to gain credibility. If a rumor is covered in local media, it can be pitched at other outlets with the corroboration of the previous reporting. In order to sustain quality reporting within our communities, it's imperative to support our local newspapers and news organizations when we can and arm ourselves with quality information that is both factual and accurate. Tanzania's new administration attempts to correct past vaccine resistance. In early February of this year, Tanzania's health minister held a press conference in which she drank ginger, garlic, and lemon to encourage the public to use natural remedies to combat COVID-19. As an aside, ginger, garlic, and lemon have nothing to do with being able to combat COVID. Back to the story. This was part of then-President John McFooley's plan to deny any shipments of COVID vaccines, stating that if it's possible to develop a COVID vaccine so quickly, then there should already have been a vaccine for HIV. And let me be very clear, the reason why we've not been able to create a vaccine for HIV is that the virus mutates very, very rapidly, making very difficult for us to create a target for a vaccine, whereas the so-called spike protein off of the COVID-19 virus, that's that spike protein, that's that the ball that you see sitting on the end of the stick with every image that you've seen of COVID, that spike protein, very easy to make a vaccine out of. And this is why we were able to do so so quickly. Back to the story. According to NPR, this stance is out of character for Tanzania, which has 99% coverage of child immunization and is ranked in the top 10 countries for vaccinations in 2014. Sociologists aren't quite sure why the nation pivoted so sharply. However, according to The Lancet, it may have been a symptom 
of general COVID denialism. The government declared Tanzania COVID free before the vaccines were even available to them. Now, however, President Magufuli has died and a new administration has taken a different stance on the vaccine. In late July, the new president, Samia Suluhu Hassan, received the Johnson Johnson vaccine, officially launching the nation's vaccination effort. The country now aims to vaccinate 60% of its population, and many public health officials worry the previous president's skepticism will make that effort more difficult. In July of last year, Tanzania passed regulations preventing the posting of information about COVID outbreaks without government approval. And because of a lack of access to accurate information, disinformation spread, and some Tanzanians believe the virus is just Western propaganda. Although the effort may be harder, most public health officials in the country who expressed skepticism before have begun to encourage more precautions and advocates for vaccinations. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.